talk to you this morning about how to access heaven and how to hear from heaven like Mary, the mother of our Savior. I believe she is one of the most dishonored figures in Protestant religion and evangelical religion. While the Catholics may worship her, the Protestants have forgotten her. But I believe today she's to be honored, not worshiped, but honored as one who found favor from heaven and who had the privilege of birthing the Messiah that would save all of humanity. Amen. I want to start today's message by telling you that I was supposed to be a girl. I know that's a weird thing to say, but I have two older sisters and my father says that I was an accident, but my mom says I'm an answer to prayer. So the truth's probably somewhere in the middle. But my mother always told me that she prayed for a son and apparently when they were doing the sonogram or whatever, I kept showing them my backside and wouldn't cooperate. So they thought I was going to be a girl until I was born. And I say that because I believe a son's relationship with his mother is unlike any other relationship on earth. I was very close with my mother. She taught me the scriptures. We rode to school together for many years and we sang. The demand on my father's life and his schedule was so hectic, we had quality time together, but my mother certainly won the quantity battle because she had the freedom to be with us more. And I can only imagine what a 14-year-old virgin from Nazareth, which was the armpit of the nation. It was where poor people came from, forgotten people came from. I wonder what she thought when the angel Gabriel appeared to her and told her she was the one that would birth the Messiah. See, it wasn't so far out of left field that she couldn't comprehend it because Jewish girls they were taught that one of them would birth the Messiah. That was part of their teaching, what they were required to learn. And so she knew somebody was going to have the responsibility and the blessing, but she probably wasn't expecting it to come to Nazareth to a poor teenager. You see, God still reaches down into the darkest, poorest corners of the world to find people he can use. God doesn't look to Rome, the political establishment, or Jerusalem, the religious establishment. He looks on the backside of a field to a fair-skinned, red-headed boy that his daddy was ashamed of when he wants to find a king. He, he looks for a woman who's the least last in the lost to go and appear before the king, Esther. He looks to a teenage girl from Podunk, middle of nowhere, Nazareth, 
to put favor on. I believe this season God wants to put favor on you. I believe I'm looking at a number of recipients for God's favor. So let's talk about Mary for just a moment. First, Mary was a human being. She was not a phantom ghost like some of our Jewish friends believe. People say, well, there's no written record of Mary other than the Bible. Well, if you were a woman during that age, women were not regarded as even worthy to be left in the records, especially women from poverty-stricken Nazareth. And so the word of God speaks to who she was and what she did. She was a human being, not a phantom ghost. She's the only person to witness the birth of Jesus and the death of Jesus because Yosef or Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus and her husband, we believe died young. And so she was the only person to experience the blessing of his birth and the agony of his death. She was from the line of Judah. She came from the greats, David and Solomon. She was in the line, although Rome had seized control and had subjugated the Jews to where they lost their authority in the season in which Jesus was born, she still was a part of history and would birth the savior of humanity. As I said, the Catholics worship her, but the evangelicals dishonor her. The Catholics view Mary as a co-redeemer. In fact, there is a basilica in Rome and there is a picture there, the Santa Maria Maggiore, and it has a picture there in this basilica of Mary hanging on the cross with Jesus. The Catholics and the Greek Orthodox believe that Mary always remained a virgin even after her marriage to Joseph and birth of Jesus. The problem, my dear Catholic friends, is it's just not biblical. It's incorrect. She should be honored and held in a high regard. She doesn't have the authority to dispense grace or forgive sins, but she should be honored. And her walk should be a testimony to all of us who long for Jesus, who long for purpose, who long for kingdom. Protestants don't honor her as they should, but she was uniquely favored by God. And she set the standard for all of history and humanity of what a Christian should be and do. Luke chapter one, beginning with verse 26. You guys stand with me in reverence for the word of God today. I don't always do that, but I feel we should do it today as an act of honor. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Yosef of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice highly favored one. The Lord is with you. 
Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Holy Spirit, will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You may be seated. Six steps to hear from heaven this morning. Quickly. If you want to hear from heaven and you want to receive from heaven, the first thing is you must be aware. The second thing is you must be open. The third thing is you must be willing. The fourth thing is you must be constantly believing. The next thing is you must be praising his name and ultimately you should be witnessing. Now let's unpack that. The first, we must be aware of our angelic covering. Hebrews chapter one, verse 14 says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? If you save, say, that's me. In his message, the first Christmas carol, Charles Spurgeon referred to angels as our invisible allies. Our pastor wrote a book, our pastor emeritus many years ago with that same title that Spurgeon gave in the 1800s. Few things about angels. We don't worship angels, but we should be aware of them and their role in the Christian life. They protect us, the Bible teaches. They fight with us. They operate covertly on our behalf. Just think of how many times you should have been killed and you weren't. How many times you pulled out in a lane and you should have been hit, but you weren't. How many times you were at the wrong place at the wrong time, but somehow you made it out and others didn't. They protect us, they fight with us, they operate covertly on our behalf. They operate under authority. The one that didn't operate under authority was cast down from heaven. His name was Lucifer, we call him Satan. He was the worship leader in that other dimension. Every beautiful instrument you've ever heard in your life, he had them all in his anointing. And he began to seek praise for himself. He got out from under authority and Ezekiel says that Lucifer was cast down to this place. That's why we fight flesh. That's why we fight demonic temptation. It's because he is on a short lease now, but he is the prince of this air. 
But Jesus, that baby born in a manger, is coming back to defeat him once and for all. And we'll never have to fool with that liar or that loser again. Lucifer, the rebellious angel. Angels were created by God for the kingdom. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. A messenger, someone that delivers a message or delivers a people. There are so many angels, we couldn't count them if we tried. Hebrews speaks of an innumerable company of angels surrounding Mount Zion. We've had people see angels in this building. We have pictures in the office of angels on this stage behind me, behind my father, behind our worshipers. We've had people experience them on the parking lot here and I'm not talking about the mentally ill. I'm talking about people you would trust, people who know the word, people who are of sound mind and body that walk with God have seen angels in this place. The Virgin Mary was open to the supernatural. She was aware of her angelic covering. Other angels mentioned in the word, Michael. Michael protects, he makes war and he defends. Gabriel answers prayers and interprets dreams. Daniel chapter seven and chapter eight, the 70 week prophecy. And Gabriel is of a messianic nature. He's always in line with the Hebrew teachings and the Torah and the word of God. And it is Gabriel that came to this virgin to bring favor and a message that would change the course of humanity. It says this particular angel, Gabriel, was sent to this poor city of Nazareth. And the angel said, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So the first thing we must do if we're to hear from heaven is be aware of our angelic covering. Can I be honest with you this morning? Some of you aren't weird enough. Some of you just aren't weird enough. And to embrace a virgin birth, people say, well, that's scientifically impossible. Yep, I agree with that 100%, it is impossible. Problem is our text today says nothing is impossible with God. So this is beyond the realm of science. Some of you aren't weird enough to believe in a virgin birth. You're not weird enough to believe in miracles. You're not weird enough to believe in angels. You're not weird enough to believe in a prayer language. You're not weird enough. You're still trying to fit a big God into a small Western-minded civilization. And God is bigger than how you were raised. He was bigger than your grandmama's church. He's bigger than your little theology, your little Baptist denomination labels. He's bigger than all of it. And if you're gonna hear from heaven, you're gonna have to embrace the weird just a little bit. I've been past weird a long time. You couldn't be raised in this church and not be weird. Somebody say amen. We must be aware of our angelic covering. Number two, we must be open to the favor of God. Open to it. I baptized Precious Kaylee today and her mother is, has been a friend, her, her father too, for many years. 
And we go eat. She works at Logan's during the week. She's a great waitress. And Mr. Biggs and I, when we travel and we go eat, we always fight over the check, number one. And I always tell the servers, you want me to get it because I'm a better tipper than him. Because I am a better tipper than him, but he's generous too. But we love to outbless each other. We, we compete to who can leave the best tip because, see, most Christians are cheap. And waitresses don't want to work on Sunday because of the church crowd because they're cheap and rude. And so because everybody around here knows me, I always try to bless them, even if they're not good at what they do. But Kaylee's mother, Jen's really good at what we do. So we've blessed her a bunch. We've surprised her. We've gotten her emotional and blessed her. $100, 50 we, we like to bless her. We go in this past week to eat. She's working. She comes back with our ticket. Says, it's on the house. And here, me and Mr. Biggs are. I preach this stuff. He lives it. And we didn't want to accept it. I mean, we were like, no, we, we need to bless you. You're raising these kids and you, you, you're working. We don't. And then she rebuked us. She said, you preach this stuff and y'all bless me all the time. Won't you let me be a blessing to you? And see, I'm going to tell you, most of us are good. Those of us that know the Lord, we're good at giving, but we're terrible at receiving. Most of us, because of religion or our childhood experiences, we don't like people to bless us. We're not open to the favor of God. We're not open to the possibility that God wants to promote us, use us, and bless us. We have a confidence problem. We're not confident in ourselves. We're not confident in God. We're not confident in our ability. And maybe you were cursed as a child. Maybe someone told you you weren't smart enough or good enough. I'm telling you, that's a lie. You're who God says you are. You're more than a conqueror. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have gifts. You have purpose in the kingdom of God. So when God tries to bless you, don't reject it. Don't reject it. Be open to the favor of God. That's what the angel said. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. When God opens a door for you, don't be afraid. When God tries to bless you or gives you an idea, a creative idea, don't be afraid. When God calls you to do something new, don't be afraid. God wants to bless you. Later in chapter one, verse 54, says he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. We must remember we are of the line of Judah. We are Judeo-Christians. We are grafted in according to the book of Galatians and we have been promised blessing. Jesus didn't just die for you to get your ticket into heaven. He died for your healing, the favor, promotion, blessing, health, all of it. You will have what your mind expects to have. But if your mind is convinced you're not good enough, you will never get to where God wants you to get to. Be aware, be open. Number three, be willing. We must be willing to take a risk, a calculated risk. This 14-year-old girl received this information. She didn't tell everybody immediately. Some of you, you share everything God gives you too early. Every opinion, every idea. 
And people will steal your favor. You can't trust everybody. You need someone you can confide in. Her someone was her cousin, Elizabeth. And I believe this is why. She knew Elizabeth was as spiritual and knowledgeable of God's word as she was. She knew her secret would be safe with Elizabeth because Elizabeth's about to birth a miracle too. In her own right. The forerunner, John the Baptist. So she goes to her cousin. She confides in her and they have a, a worship session. They get in the throne room of God and start praising him. We must be willing to take a risk. Imagine Yosef. How many of you men, if you're a teenager, you're wanting to marry this beautiful girl and she comes to you and says, hey, Bill, I'm pregnant by God. I mean, that could make Mari Povich or Jerry Springer. That'd be on the news more than Kanye is today. I'm pregnant by God. I mean, he had to believe by faith something that was difficult to believe. I mean, if you're gonna have all that God wants you to have, you gotta believe some things that might be difficult for you to believe. That's called faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Faith is believing in that which you can't see and acting on it. Faith is not the tingles. It's the ability to take action based off a promise God has given you, either supernaturally or in his word. Moving on what God has said. You must be willing to take a risk. The wise men risk it all. And I know you know by now if you're in this church that there were way more than three. And it was many years before they made it there, but they made it there. They had to make a decision to risk it all for the hope of humanity. The shepherds took a risk. Everyone surrounding the Christmas story took a risk unless they were unbelievers. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11:6, English Standard Version. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. How many times has religion glossed over the fact that God gives favor and rewards his children? They just gloss over that. I serve a God that gives rewards, a father that loves me when I don't deserve it. I serve a God that's big, that loves his children, that's given us all things to richly enjoy, that's promised us a life of abundance. Number four, if you wanna hear from heaven this Christmas season, you better believe God's word. Mary said, behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary walked in humility. I mean, some of us, if we would have gotten that favor from God, we'd have been bragging on it. Like some of these preachers. Listen, there's nothing wrong with God giving you favor. I don't have a problem with anyone having wealth. Especially preachers, because most of them are broke when they die. 
But if God's given you that favor, he didn't give you that favor to boast and rub in people's faces, friends. He gave you that favor so that you might be a blessing to others. Mary could have been like, I'm bad. Because all the young girls were taught that one of them was gonna be the one. So once she found out, she could have been a braggart, she could have been rubbing it in, no, because she knew God's word and she knew God. She wouldn't dare make a mockery of the favor that he had bestowed on her. From verse 46 of chapter one, all the way to verse 55, there are 15 references to Old Testament scriptures. What does that tell me? Mary knew the word of God. She knew the laws of God. She knew the prophets of God. She knew the Psalms. She knew how to get in the secret place of the most high. This wasn't the first time she'd cut loose worshiping God. Wasn't the first time. This was a part of her life. You know why you can't pray in public? Because you don't pray in private. Know why you can't worship in public? Because you don't worship in private. And if you want all of God, you're going to have to get weird enough to get a hold of him in private and in the public square. He's worthy of our praise. In verse 46 through 55, the prayer of Hannah is mentioned, who birthed young Samuel. Old Testament law and the prophets are mentioned. Psalms is mentioned. And that leads me to point number five. If you want to hear from heaven this Christmas season, we must respond to the spirit with a sound. Everything God does begins with a sound. From creation to revelation, every time God moves or is about to move, he releases a sound. There's a trumpet that will be played before he comes back. There is a sound for everything. There was a sound before the walls of Jericho fell. There's always a sound. There was a sound at Pentecost before the Spirit came. There is always a sound. And Mary, as the chosen vessel, didn't respond with arrogance or pride. She responded with a sound. Y'all know it. My soul glorifies the Lord. It's a reference to Psalms 34. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. That's a reference to Isaiah. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant, 1 Samuel. Quoting Hannah, from now on all generations will call me blessed, Genesis 30. The Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, all of these things, all of this theology and doctrine mentioned in this praise. So don't tell me that when we sing in here, it has to be all new stuff because there's some great theology in the hymns. Now I believe we ought to update them and do them modern, but we ought to be singing scripture and theology, not feelings and emotions. It doesn't have to always be the old stuff, but it doesn't need to be anything that doesn't line up with the word of God. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Psalms 126 reference. Holy is his name. Psalms 111, just to name a few. Listen to what she says. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. Listen, if you want to learn how to worship, you ought to read this. This is how you worship. He has scattered those who are proud 
in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So some of you need to learn to give him a praise in the midst of a storm. Some of you need to learn to be thankful for what you have, not what you don't have. Some of you need to learn how to get in the secret place of the most high and begin to speak in that heavenly language and begin to love on Jesus. We all need to improve in the area of identity. Every staff person, including me, every leader of this church, we've got to get over our own flesh and insecurities and go all in for the kingdom of God not worrying or wondering what everyone thinks. We must learn to worship him in spirit and truth. Worship him when we feel like it. Worship him when we don't. Worship him in the morning. Worship him in the noontime. Worship him in the evening. Worship him all the days of our lives. Why? Because he's guaranteed us a spot in eternity with him. Because he loves us. Because he's gifted us. Because you're here today. Because you have a level of authority that the angels don't even have. That's why the devil hates you, because you are doing what he lost the privilege to do, and that's worship the king. You are a threat to the devil when you worship Jesus, and he can't stand it. So if he's messing with your mind or messing with your body or you keep running into the same temptations, just worship Jesus, because the enemy can't take it. His demons have to flee. When you mention the name of Jesus, when you lift up a praise, devils have to leave. I close here, and this will be somewhat of a challenge for our future. If you want to hear from heaven this Christmas season, you must be determined to show the world that Jesus reigns. We'll get into the shepherds and the wise men in the weeks to come, but the prophets knew it, Mary experienced it, and the shepherds celebrated it. The shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, the word of God says in Luke 2, watching over their flocks. And that an angel of the Lord appeared to them, a messenger of the Lord. And the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts, those angels showed up to some shepherds. See, Jesus always comes for the lowly folk. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, check this out, let's go. Everybody say, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby. But here's the part I wanna focus in as we, we close today. When they had seen him, when they had seen him, when they had seen him, they spread the word. See, if you've seen Jesus, you ought to be spreading the word. If you've been touched by Jesus, you ought to be spreading the word. 
If you've been healed, saved, delivered by Jesus, you ought to be spreading the word. Don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. I'm gonna preach evangelism till you're blue in the face because every Christian should be sharing their faith. That's you. Don't go to your pastor and say, this is how we can grow the church. You know how you grow the church? Share the good news. Go and share the good news. They spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this Jesus. And all who heard it were amazed. See, I believe God's called us higher. We've got to be open. We've got to be willing. We've got to be aware of our angelic covering. We've got to be faithful to worship and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what God's calling us to do and to be, not in this season, but in every season. I challenge you as your pastor, hear from heaven this holiday season. Share your faith. Love someone. Show some grace. Serve your church. You say, I don't know if I'm qualified. I, I, I don't live right all the time. None of us do. Be open to God's favor. Be open to an opportunity. Don't disqualify yourself. God wants to use you. Would you stand on your feet? Everyone bow your heads as you stand. If you want to meet this Jesus that was birthed by Mary, you say, Pastor Ronnie, I don't know if I died today if I'd spend an eternity in heaven with Jesus. I don't know that I know the Lord. If you want to know him, pray this prayer with me this morning. Say, dear Lord Jesus, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I believe you're alive and hearing me pray. I believe you're alive and hearing me pray. Please come into my heart and save me. Please come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. I'm open to your favor on this day. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says your sins have been forgiven and that you're born again. But it also says that if that's happened to you, you shouldn't be ashamed. That you need to confess him in front of men. You need to make a public declaration of your faith. So I'm going to ask the ladies to come down today. We've got a group of ladies that are going to minister. If you prayed to receive Christ, you can come see me at the next steps table. But if you need prayer today, if you need a miracle, all of these ladies are spirit-filled women of God. They know how to worship like Mary. And I believe there are miracles that are going to happen in this place today. They know how to pray. Trust me, nobody prays like my mama, first of all. But I'm telling you, every woman up here can pray the fire from heaven down. If you need a miracle today, if you have a family member that's lost, if you've got a promotion or you need favor in the courts or in the marketplace, I would come today and let one of these ladies pray for me. Heavenly Father, I yield my authority to these women today and I ask you Lord to do miracles signs and wonders and bring favor on the house Lord we want to hear from heaven and we want to be used by heaven may your fire fall and your anointing flow in Jesus name we pray you come and receive your miracle today